Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. If you're working on delivering social impact within any organisation, you need two things over and above anything else. Firstly, you need an eye on the big picture. This means understanding which are the trends to take note of, how to navigate the complexities of their interactions, whilst helping a business or organisation relate to them. Secondly, you need a plan. You need to understand where you can have the biggest impact, get laser focused on what you, your team and your organisation can really deliver, and then get out there and make it happen. My guest today is an absolute pro in both of these. Today, I am talking with Lisa Manley. She is the Global Vice President of Sustainability at Mars. She has previously worked for the likes of the Coca-Cola Company in the US and Europe. During our conversation, Lisa is going to pull back the curtain on Mars's plan and focus. If you are interested in value chains, farming, multinational business, or helping to create gender equity, listen in and take notes. And then Lisa is going to share some of her epic wisdom, insights and expectations on the issues and their trends that are heading our way. Lisa shares some thoughts on what we can do about them and how to practically get started. Regardless of what you do, what type of organisation, if any, you are connected with, Lisa's predictions are invaluable. Lisa, welcome. Thanks so much, Katie. Uh, Great to have you. Lisa, I'd like to start a conversation today to find out a little bit more about what you're working on just now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, here we sit in January, so the start of a new year, which means lots of planning and prioritization for me and for my team. My team leads the social sustainability work for Mars. And so we're really looking at three things right now. We're looking at what we can do to continue to advance respect for human rights, what we can do to improve farmer incomes, and what we can do to unlock opportunities for women. So right now, we're really focused on sort of embedding our plans in those three areas. And maybe I can give you just a little bit of an insight into what that work looks like. So on the human rights front, um, we're in the midst of sort of a big pivot. Many companies, when they think about sort of how do they go about respecting human rights, they do a lot of that work through what we call sort of traditional workplace and supply chain audits. And we've been in in the course of the last 18 months sort of pivoting away from those traditional audits and thinking about how can we build longer term collaborative relationships with our suppliers and working with them to really get at the root causes of issues that are putting human rights at risk. And that involves a lot of capacity building and just a deepening of the relationships with a number of our largest and highest risk suppliers. And that's a program that we have kicked off that's called Next Generation Sourcing. So a lot of our work at the moment is is thinking about sort of how we will continue to advance next generation sourcing in 2021. 
And then if I go to thinking about what are we going to be doing to improve farmer income here, you know, we're really looking at what's the next chapter of the Farmer Income Lab. We launched the Farmer Income Lab in 2017 as a think-do tank, a public-private partnership that's really trying to get at a deeper understanding of how can businesses play a role in helping to improve smallholder farmer income. And what we're working on this year is continuing our research. So the think side of the think-do tank. So We've got some interesting research that'll come out on topics related to disrupting commodities, topics related to what have we learned through the COVID-19 pandemic about um, how to improve smallholder farmer incomes. And then importantly, we're moving from just sort of the deep research, which has been incredibly important in the first few years of, of the lab's existence, to putting that research into action. And we're doing that through what we're calling lighthouse programs. These are programs that are going to take place in different supply chains all around the world. And they're putting the insights into action. So the things that we've learned through our research, we're now going to be trying to test those insights in real supply chains. And I'm super excited about um, that as a big part of what we're focused on this year. And then the third and final area that you know, my team is, is super focused on right now is unlocking opportunities for women. And last year, toward the end of the year, we launched a new action plan called Full Potential. And it is our plan for how we can unlock opportunities for women in our direct workplaces, in supply chain communities, and in the marketplaces that we rely upon. So I think we will be doing a lot of thinking and collaborating across functions at Mars to really sort of put the goals that we've now set into action in each of those three areas. And then, of course, you know, everything that we are doing, whether it's focused on human rights, farmer income, or unlocking opportunities for women, you know, we're still doing it, Katie, in the COVID context. So that context means that the vulnerabilities that have always existed for for people are deepening and businesses' visibility is, is, is much more obscure because we're not able, in most cases, to get to origin or to be on site in tier one supply chain facilities. So, you know, we're having to think differently about sort of how we operate and how we work to advance respect for human rights and farmer incomes and opportunities for women in uh, sort of the, the, the very unique situation that we continue to find ourselves. Goodness, don't I hope it's unique. For anybody listening to the podcast, I'll put the links to both the Farmer Income Lab and also the full potential action on gender work into the words that sit alongside this podcast. Lisa, I wanted to pick up on the COVID context you just mentioned. We can see already that the global pandemic has deepened inequality, whether across gender, poverty reduction, all those sort of numbers are going backwards. And we've yet to sort of feel the force of vaccine access and and the inequality potentially coming down the pike for that. And yet there's talk of rebuilding better about an opportunity to to move forward in a different way to sort of re sort of steer the, the ship, if that makes sense. What does this sort of rebuilding better mean to you personally and, and for your work? 
Yeah, that is such an important question. Without a doubt, we cannot come out of this pandemic with a return to business as usual. You know, we have just gone through, we are still going through, you know, a situation that is highly unusual. And I think, you know, we've had a really transformational year, a transformative year for the world and for businesses like um, our business at Mars. And I think it's interesting that, you know, we've had to really rethink just about everything that we do. We've had to rethink our approach to, you know, what is, what is work like? We've had to really sort of build with flexible work policies. We've had to move through remote workplace audits. We've had to expand focus on issues like equity and inequity with regard to women and all other minorities. And so, you know, I think rebuilding better means putting people and the planet on par with profits in making business decisions. And, you know, one of the things that I think excites me about the way that we are thinking about that at Mars is looking at the way that we're transforming our governance model through something that we call the the compass. And when we look at governance and we look at sort of the way that a business like Mars is thinking about success, oftentimes for, 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 for centuries, you know, we've looked at strong financial performance as the primary benchmark for success. And I think what we're doing now with the compass is we're trying to blend four things in the way that we measure success. Of course, it still relies on strong financial performance, but we're also looking at quality growth. And when I say quality growth, what that means is trying to invest more in tailwind categories like pet care and pet food, in addition to some of the headwind categories like chocolate and confections that Mars is is, is quite known for. And then we combine those two things, strong financial performance and quality growth with positive societal impact. So really putting our sustainability agenda, social and environment into the mix and how we measure business success. And then the fourth piece that we're focused on is trust. So we think that trust in a business like Mars has to be improving and the way that we run our business and the way that we measure the success of our business, the way that we engage stakeholders in addition to our family of shareholders, that's how we're going to deepen the trust in, in, in our business. And we think that's super critical to rebuilding better. As Global Vice President of Sustainability at Mars, but also with your kind of experience, your unique position, what are the top trends that you're seeing that perhaps others aren't aware of that you think they should be uh, taking heed of? Yeah, so I think um, there are three things right now that I'm, I'm really focused on in terms of you know, looking at what I think is ahead in 2021 and, and more broadly as well. And those are climate justice, elevating the S in ESG, and then you know, what's the role of business in addressing economic inequity? And I think they're all connected. And and maybe I can share just a few observations on each. So in the business community, I think we've spent well over a decade getting ourselves aligned on climate action. We've had heavy adoption of forward-looking goals. Many of them are aligned with what science says is necessary, which is a good thing. And there's been a lot of improvement and synergy with reporting and disclosure. So right now, just about every company looks at and talks about climate action as something we do that is good for the planet. And of course it is. But what I think we are just now beginning to get focused on is climate justice. 
which sits at the intersection of social and environmental impact. And it looks at how climate change is making human lives more vulnerable. I'm really pleased that I think conversations are beginning to spike on this topic of climate justice. And I'm hopeful that as we move through a number of important sort of moments in 2021, including COP26, that we'll be talking about climate change, not just as an environmental issue, but as an issue that has presented such amazing and, and, and disparaging, I think, risk to, to people. Now, relatedly, I think that there's also been a lot of focus over the last decades in the E in ESG, so the environmental side of environmental, social, and governance. And again, I think most large global companies have relatively developed environmental sustainability programs that are looking after material impacts like greenhouse gas emissions and water stress and deforestation, and perhaps more recently also looking at things like sustainable packaging. The S, though, the social side of ESG, is, in my opinion, far less developed, and it deserves a much more distinct focus. And I think we'll see this focus deepen in 2021 as the EU drives forward with human rights due diligence and as the debate about minimum wage picks up in the United States. I also think the dialogue around living wage is going to continue around the world. And I think that, of course, companies and communities are going to continue to, to grapple with inclusion and diversity. So I do think that we're going to see an elevation of focus on the S in ESG. And then, you know, the third thing that I think, you know, my team and I are certainly paying a lot of attention to is, again, sort of how do we address economic inequity? And, you know, here, I think, you know, if we look at the sustainable development goals, the 17 goals that the UN has set forward, the very first one, SDG 1, is focused on no poverty. And I think it's focused on no poverty for a reason. It's the first goal because poverty is the elephant in the room with regard to sustainable development. And until the global community, including business, addresses poverty, which is, of course, deepening as a result of COVID-19, we're never going to make meaningful progress on the rest of the SDGs. And that's why I think Mars is, is focused on things like the Farmer Income Lab. And it's also why we've prioritized SDG 1 in our action plans for sustainable business and for sustainable development. And for everything virtually that you've talked about so far, Lisa, the kind of holy grail is about lasting, sustainable impact. So not just a big number now, but actually makes a real difference in a sort of ongoing way. Lots of people are talking about kind of resilience and collaboration being two of the kind of tools in your toolbox to try and make that happen. What does that mean to you, if anything? Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at, um, you know, what is resilience? Resilience is the capacity to absorb stress, and it's also the ability to sort of recover your functions, so to be, be able to sort of go back to, to, to functioning. And, you know, if we think about sort of some of the things that have changed and I think will continue to change in our business to make us a more resilient business, I've talked about one of them. I talked about the compass, so the way that we are looking at measuring and reporting on business success, going beyond just strong financial performance as, 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 as our KPI. I think another thing that we've done to become a more resilient business is we've looked at where the biggest stresses are for our business. And those stresses are largely in our supply chains. 
So the environmental and social risks that we face as a result of our supply chains in some ways being broken, not sort of carrying through with the promise of their potential is another thing that we've made a change to. So we have combined our sustainability team with our procurement team and our chief sustainability officer is now also our chief procurement officer. And that's a resilience play because we think in order to truly build up resilient supply chains, we've got to rethink the way that we procure goods and services. And I think that's another element of, of, of our resilience play. So we are working now to go beyond commodities. So thinking about procurement, not just on sort of how do you purchase traditional commodities with focus on quality and a focus on price, but also making sure that our buyers are thinking about quality price in tandem with social and environmental impact. And I think all of those are just elements of what we're changing to hopefully make us much more resilient business. I think also, you know, the the growing focus on inclusion and diversity as we get more diverse voices into boardrooms and into leadership circles, we are going to, of course, become a more resilient business. There's such practical pieces of insight there, Lisa, and I want to stay on the theme of kind of practical advice. What learnings sort of you have learned or have emerged over the time that you spent working in Mars and and other organisations, would you like to pass on to others or do you wish that you'd known earlier on in your own career? Yeah, well, I think that's such a good question, Katie, because, you know, one of the reasons that I love working in sustainability and one of the reasons that I've devoted, you know, 20 plus years of, of my career in this space is that, you know, we're learning every day. This is such a dynamic space in which to work and um, things are changing all the time. And, you know, one of the things that, that, that I love the most is that I come to work every day and I can be quite assured that uh, the things I learned today are going to be different than what I learned yesterday and tomorrow will be different as well. I think in, in terms of a few things that um, you know, I have been you know, thinking somewhat deeply about over the last year, you know, one is you know, I think that the planet has called our bluff. I think you know, modern economic development has driven human systems too close to natural ones, and that's put people and the planet on, I think, a collision course. And we've got a profound opportunity to reset and to rethink. But the question is, are we ready? You know, we had another moment to reset back in 2008, and the unfortunate reality was we weren't ready. And to build back better now, it means that we've got to recognize that climate and social justice and health and food security, all of these things are interconnected. And our shared prosperity requires us to recognize and to respect those connections. So, and I think that's certainly one learning. I think maybe another is that, you know, again, if we think about sort of this premise that supply chains are broken and that fix them, we've got to sort of rethink the way that we approach procurement and move beyond commodities. I think we also have to recognize that, you know, a business is only as strong as the weakest link in its value chain. And for a company like Mars that relies so heavily on agriculture, the weakest link in our value chain is all the way back at the start. So it's the millions of smallholder farmers and other vulnerable people that we rely upon and that are so very exposed right now. 
to deepening vulnerabilities as a result of COVID-19. And you know, the, the unfortunate reality is that these people in so many cases were already living in poverty and that poverty is deepening as a result of loss of income, loss of remittances, loss of foreign aid. And that poverty leads to hunger. It leads to kids being out of school. It leads to more child labor. It leads to gender-based violence. I mean, the list could go on and on. All of it, unfortunately, is getting worse. And you know, most big businesses have the capacity to manage disruptions like COVID-19, but farmers don't. So I think that you know, we need to really be looking at how do we transform supply chains to share risks more equally? How do we embark on longer-term relationships with our suppliers, with more direct trading relationships as well? What can we do to strengthen safety nets for farmers? And how can we, again, sort of rethink the kinds of interventions that we're going to be testing through the Farmer Income Lab this year, where you know, we try to bundle interventions, looking at you know, the role of productivity, the, work, the role of diverse cropping, the role of insurance, the role of access to capital, the role that female farmers play. Oh, so much more, I think, has the, the capacity to be, to be rethought. And, um, you know, I think those are two of the learnings that certainly I'm spending a lot of time thinking about. I've been making notes in the background, Lisa, and my, my fingers have been kind of going 10 to the dozen with all your advice. Um, it's so useful and, and such important work. I, I wanted to zoom in as my kind of final question today. If there was one call to action or one message that you wanted to leave with anybody listening to this, what would be that message? So, you know, I think the key message that I would want to share is that we are all connected. We are all connected on this tiny planet that we share. And the issues that we focus on, the social and the environmental issues that we focus on, are all connected too. And I feel strongly that we really need to lean in to the synergies. You know, if you've ever taken an improv class, then, you know, sort of the motto of improv is the yes and statement. And, you know, what I think that means for, for social and environmental sustainability is that we need to be taking climate action and addressing climate justice. We need to be tackling deforestation and ensuring human rights defenders are respected. We need to be addressing water scarcity and respecting the human right to water. I think you know, social and environmental issues are two sides of the same coin, and we need to be managing them in a much more integrated way if we're going to drive impact at scale. Well, Lisa Manley, on that wise, wise closeout, um, thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your insight, your wisdom, your advice, but also really great to hear how Mars is driving sustainability closer and closer to the core business. Lisa, thank you. Thank you, Katie. It was a pleasure. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks.